podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing this fine morning? (laughs) Hey there, I'm good on this fine Thursday morning. It is time for NFL playoffs. Uh, Timmy and I have just been sitting here and talking about all of the news going around the NFL. If you have not kept up with it because... The, the regular season is over, and maybe your team didn't make playoffs, you pull up ESPN, Bleach Report, uh, X, whatever it is that you use for your news for the NFL, go look at some things. Some coaches are out. Some coaches might be in. And it's and Devontae Adams might be coming to the Jets. Who knows? I don't know. But a lot of fun things in the NFL offseason, and that is already picked up. But it is not the offseason for the Niners. So... We get to talk about the Niners. Yeah, the 49ers are here. They are in the playoffs. Obviously, like we talked about last week, they have the one seed. So this week going against the Rams did not really matter. That will be reflected in the time we spend chatting about it. But this weekend, as a 49ers fan, you get to sit back, relax, and enjoy Super Wild Card Weekend with all the games. Should be really, really, really fun. And then we get to see who the 49ers are going to be facing come the divisional round. They will play the lowest seeded remaining team. We'll get into the kind of the possibilities there. Obviously, it's going to be in Levi's. So buy your tickets now if you're in the area and want to go. But we do need to spend a few minutes on the Rams game. The 49ers did lose the season finale to the Rams. It was backup quarterback versus backup quarterback. Brock Purdy did not play at all. Most of the other starters made a brief appearance in the first offensive series other than Christian McCaffrey who was dealing with that calf strain. Trent Williams was out there for a bit. He said he's like, look, I just know my body's not going to be right if I don't play. And I'm like, dude, I cannot express the confidence I have that you know how to take care of your body Trent Williams Debo Ayuk same sort of thing they were in briefly and then and then out of there uh the 49ers did lose the the biggest storyline you you would have seen on Twitter slash X and that I think is concerning going into the playoffs and really the only thing of significance is Jake Moody did miss a couple of kicks let me let me pull up those stats real quick Daniel do you remember off the top of your head how many he missed um, I thought it was two. I could be incorrect, but while you're looking that up, let me say one thing on the quarterbacks. This, yes, it was backup quarterback versus backup quarterback, but these are not just your average day backup quarterbacks. This is former third overall pick of the NFL draft, Sam Darnold, and this is former Super Bowl champion, Carson Wentz. This is the showdown of backup quarterbacks, and it was awesome. <laughs> Did you find those kicks yet? <laughs> I really enjoyed watching them go at it. Um, is Most of you are like, why do you even care that Carson Wentz is playing? Uh, amongst my friend group, Carson Wentz is quite the meme. There is one of our good friends who what, is borderline in love with Carson Wentz and always had him Many on Many such cases. Teams. Many such cases. <laughs> yeah, so... There's a lot of love for Carson Wentz in the, in the friend group, so it was a big deal. 
Yeah, no, it definitely just kind of funny to see Carson Wentz out there. A reminder that he's on the that he's on the Rams. Um, I found those numbers I was looking for. Just to circle back to the kicks, he t- attempt Jake Moody attempted one field goal. It was a thirty to thirty nine in the thirty to thirty nine yard range. This is coming from Pro Football Reference, and he missed it. He then went two for three from extra points. So he was not missing kicks left and right. But it's also not really what you want from your field goal kicker going into the postseason, especially being a rookie. You gotta think nerves could potentially rattle him a bit more. And, and I don't know, Daniel. It's it's not the least concerning thing to me that he missed a couple kicks in the finale, and you could just see that haunting us down the line in the playoffs. Hopefully, the 49ers are good enough that it doesn't even matter. But especially with you know Robbie Gold left the building, one of the most consistent kickers of all time, and then you bring in a rookie, and then he's missing a couple kicks at the end of the season. Just feels like something that could come back to haunt you. I don't know. Am I am I crazy to be a little worried about it? I would say you're crazy. I mean, ending the last game of the season heading into a two-week break and your kicker misses two kicks. Certainly not exciting, but nothing to truly be too worried about. Yeah. No, I I think I, I agree. Hopefully it's nothing, but it's something that people are going to be worried about, and you kind of have to be worried about it until it happens, I, w- I would say. I don't know, Daniel. Anything else of importance, really, that happened in the in the Rams game that that we should chat about? It, like I said, it felt pretty insignificant. It felt like both teams were like, "Can we just go home and get ready for the playoffs and stay healthy?" But I don't, I don't think anything else major happened. You could see both coaches were like, "Yeah, I'm showing you nothing because you're smart enough to figure out what I'm doing on offense. So we are going to run the plainest offense in the world." Yeah, and I definitely noticed that. I think many people noticed that, and I would say the fact that Chris Conley was the leading receiver for the Niners, says everything. He had the most targets, tied for the most receptions, and had the most yards. I think that's just going to tell you that this was a throwaway game, so to speak. Uh, Flanagan Fowles had 10 tackles, 6 solo, 3 for a loss. Third string linebacker coming in here getting 3 tackles for a loss. I like that, so I'll give some credit there. Logan Ryan and Oren Burks also had a field day. They had some fun there. Um, Got to give them their, their credit for getting on that stat sheet. Taylor Hawkins, who I do think did get injured, uh, had an interception. And uh, yeah, right. Yeah, he had an interception. Burks had a sack as well. Uh, Robert Beal had a sack. So a couple of these, it's just fun seeing some of these B-team guys step up and get some some good reps. I think the one like true encouraging thing to take with us from this game is that uh, Elijah, Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell came in as, as the main running back, of course, and he did not get a full game's workload. He only had 14 attempts while Jordan Mason had six and Sam Darnold actually had seven. But um, Elijah Mitchell came in, got 50, 52 yards. It's an average of 3.7, so the average isn't awesome. But again, it's on a full workload and did get a touchdown. So it's encouraging to see uh, an, a running back room not crumble without Christian McCaffrey or an entire offense not crumble without George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Trent Williams. So it's nice to see them, them still be able to function well. But other than that, no, there's nothing for us to really move on with. Yeah, I I agree. I think the takeaway is no significant injuries. You did see a brief amount of playing time from a couple of the starters. That kind of answers how they're going to handle the rest versus rust question. Going off of that, Shanahan did say he wants to have one intense practice this week. It may have already happened. It might be today just to keep everybody fresh. But so the the team seems prepared to balance the the rest versus 
rush question. And obviously they were the one seed a couple years ago and it, it did not matter. So I think that's uh I think that we can probably move on from that. We do need to talk about some news from the week that's just a bummer. Jason Verrett, we talked about how he'd re-signed with the team, again, coming off this Achilles injury. The guy, you know, has just had season-ending injury after season-ending injury, and yet the team loves him. You can just tell the 49ers love the guy. So we're excited to have him back. He was looking okay. He was getting some playing time. Then in practice, he jumped up for a ball landed on his shoulder and is getting season-ending rotator cuff surgery. And you just, you could not feel for a guy more. There's been no guy who's come back from more to just hit another injury than than Jason Verrett. And he's just, obviously, I don't know the guy. I don't know much about him, but I know that the 49ers love him. So you just can't help but feel bad for a guy who who seems like a pretty good guy. Yeah, he he has been a... uh not only like a fan favorite, but a player favorite. They love the guy. The whole organization does. They want him there. It'd be cool if he came on as some role, but I, I, we said this last injury, man, I think his playing day has got to be done, but I'm not going to tell him how to live his life. And you're welcome around the 49ers facility in my book any day, but yeah, tough, tough news there. Yeah. Just a bummer. I, I don't know that it really impacts us much other than it does highlight that the secondary is, again, a weaker spot for the 49ers. They were hoping to get Verrett playing time. He was not just on the team because they love him. He was there because they thought there was a chance they might need him. So that's really the only thing to to think about there. But I, I don't know. It's not it, It's not huge news other than it's just it's a bummer. It's a bummer for a guy. It's a bummer for a man. And so you just you feel bad for the guy. Should we get into our, our playoff picture here? Yeah, let's let's chat a bit about the NFC playoff picture. Just let's just run through all the seeds real quick. You got the 49ers as the one seed, obviously. We locked that up. And then number two seed, you got the Dallas Cowboys. Number three, the Detroit Lions. Good for Detroit. Then number four, you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because they exist and won their division. And then you got Philly in at the five slot. You got Los Angeles Rams in at the six and the Green Bay Packers in at the seven. Jordan Love appearing to be the real deal in all possible ways. So those are your your seven NFC playoff teams. Just to give you the matchups, we're going to have Philly, Tampa Bay. That's five playing four. We're going to have Los Angeles Rams playing Detroit. You get to see who won the Stafford Goff trade. And then you got Green Bay Packers against the Dallas Cowboys, two of the NFL's long most established franchises and Mike McCarthy's two teams playing each other so those are the matchups Daniel I don't know what are you most excited about there uh it this really is a dream week of wild card weekend so to speak because I think it's amazing that and I, I know it's been some time and there's not a lot of people there still from the days but Mike McCarthy playing against his old team but also Mike McCarthy has been on the hot seat the last couple of years because of the Cowboys' inability to finish anything in the playoffs. And so we've talked about how if they do not go to – I think it's pretty much been said. I don't know how publicly it was that Jerry Jones said. Maybe it was leaked or just someone had an idea that if they don't win the NFC championship or even go to it, then McCarthy's out. And I, I think it's you go to the Super Bowl or he's out pretty much just because they've gotten there every year and they need a coach to take them over the edge is what they're thinking. And he's playing his former team. So it'd be kind of poetic if his former team, you know, crushed his dreams. 
What I'm really excited about is for the Rams and the Lions. Matthew Stafford used to play for the, the Lions, if you didn't know that, and so did Jared Goff used to play for the Rams, and so they were traded for each other. And I think that's a super fun matchup. I think that uh, Baker Mayfield is going to be the biggest winner of the week, and he is going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, what a call. It, that would be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be – didn't uh, – did they both go to the same college at some point, or did Jalen Hurts not? Because he transferred, and I can never remember where he started. No, you are you're correct. Because Baker was at Oklahoma, and and Hurts after after Bama went to Oklahoma as well. So yeah, yeah. good call out. I kind of forgot that. Yeah. So my prediction here is it's it's not a prediction. It's going to happen. It's fact. Is that at the end of the day, Baker Mayfield will walk away as the better sooner, and so I'm excited for that. That's going to be an awesome an awesome thing you heard it here first and if it doesn't happen we're going to delete this episode um that (laughs) that i would say is is my most exciting thing like each matchup has something fun with it and that's what i love is this idea the the cowboys packers less so just because you know it's not that big of a deal that mccarthy used to coach there and i don't think anyone is really focused on that uh but i think the rams lions i think that's super fun the trade, it was only yeah. a number of years ago. Stafford and the Rams uh, won a Super Bowl after the trade. So, But then the tables have flipped where the Lions are the, the much better offense or even just all-around team this year, I would say. So totally, I think that's super fun. Timmy, do you have a, a, a favorite thing amongst the other teams playing this week? No, I think that's the of the NFC teams. That's the game, right? Should be the best game. Should be should be the funnest game. Should, the one we the one with the best storylines. Absolutely, that's the one. Um, I think the next question, real quick. Let's just move on to what this means for the 49ers. The 49ers will play the lowest remaining seed, right? So you look at the possible teams we could play. We could play the Eagles. We could play Tampa Bay. We could play the Rams, or we could play Dallas. Anybody else? There's gonna be. A higher seed for them to face most, or not Dallas, or we could play Green Bay. Anybody else? There's there's going to be a higher seed for them to face. So, I don't know who I'd rather see out of that. I don't. I wouldn't say any of those teams terrify me. Of the Lions, the Rams, Eagles, Bucks, or not the Lions. The Lions aren't a possibility. The Rams, the Eagles, the Bucks, the Packers. Nobody scares me too much out of that group. But I'm hesitant to like call my shot because that feels like a way to jinx myself. Yeah, I mean, at this point. Uh, again, I, I kind of agree with you where I'm not necessarily nervous about any team because I, I feel so good about the Niners squad themselves. But these are all playoff teams. Like even even the Buccaneers are a playoff team and especially of late have been hot and Baker has put things together and his quarterback rating has been great. Um, so I'm not I'm not willing to overlook any team at all here, but I'm also not willing to to say, oh, I don't know if we have a chance here. Uh, we do. So I guess it's it's I'll I'll decide how I feel when when the name of the team that we are playing is set in stone rather than the the guessing game of it. Cause that that doesn't feel as real, you know? It doesn't quite I don't know, help me analyze it better when it's all speculative for it. So I agree. Let's uh let's save that for for next week. I'm game with that. But let's pivot here and let's do let's talk about the season as a whole. This really really fun 49ers season where we locked up the one seed. Just a great a great time for us as 49ers fans. 
And we may have mentioned this last week, but we've been working on... Daniel and I have worked up some postseason regular season awards to reflect on specifically the 49ers, the regular season. And we're going to go through them, and that should hopefully give us a good way to just kind of chat through the picture of the of the season as well. So, Daniel, I think let's just dive into that and and go go from there. Yeah. You already said, though, how great of a season it was, and I, I echo that. What a fun season it was just to come out rolling, one of the best teams in the NFL from the very beginning, and then to go on that three-game losing uh, streak, losing skid, and to bounce back from that and to just be so, so solid from there on out. And... Yeah, I think it's fun. I think I just always feel like this. I think uh, both San Francisco teams, the Giants and the Niners, I feel like um, a lot of the world seem to be haters against this this area. It always feels like it. Maybe every fan feels that way against their own team. I don't know. But it was fun to see the Niners finally get their their credit, in my opinion, where people did finally say that they were the best if not one of the best teams in the NFL for a large amount of the season, just because I feel like we have been so good for so many years, not perfect, um, but people have always said, ah, don't believe in them, don't believe in them, and they had a season where you can't deny it. So that that was fun. Uh, I think it finally felt justified, and what what a fun season it was to watch each and every week. So that is that is. That is my take on our season in a nutshell. We could analyze so many different things, but let us end the regular season with these awards. Timmy, what is our first award? Are we just going down the line as we had talked? Yeah, I think let's go down the line. Um, Daniel and I have not talked about who we picked for these awards, everyone, so we'll see how similar we are. I think let's start with MVP. Let's start with the big one. Most valuable player. Daniel, I had I had three kind of nominees. Maybe I'll say the three that I thought of as contenders. Maybe you could say who you were thinking about, and then we, we reveal who we picked. I like that. I, I like the contenders. Now I kind of wish that I did some contenders, but I like that. No, it's it's okay. My, my nominees are uh, Christian McCaffrey, Trent Williams, and Brock Purdy. That's good. All right. Daniel, I'm going to – do you want a 3-2-1? Do you want to go? How do you want to do this? I, I like the three, two, one. I think that's been fun. All right. Three, two, one. Brock, Brock Purdy. Purdy. You Brock said Purdy, Purdy as well. It is. I did. Brock Purdy. It is. Daniel, my my thinking was a couple things. Obviously, Purdy had one of the best statistical seasons in the history of the quarterback position, in the history of the 49ers as well. And I think people will point to a lot of things, right? But at the end of the day. Many quarterbacks have played with this team in this system under Kyle Shanahan. None of them have done what Brock Purdy just did. I I think that's right. He has clearly raised the ceiling on this offense. There are no questions about it. And then add in the fact, we we talked a little bit about like the the EPA per pay statistic that Danny Heifetz wrote about over at the Ringer and, and just how Brock Purdy, because of how little the 49ers are paying him, brings so much value to the team. So I think that's the thing you can factor in. And then it's just like hey this never happened with Jimmy Garoppolo this never happened with Trey Lance this never happened with Blaine not Blaine Gabbert with 
<laughs> Who else we have? CJ Beathard, CJ Beathard, and Nick Mullins, and these guys. Brock Purdy is doing things no one else has done with Kyle Shanahan, and so clearly this team. Add in the value of the quarterback position. It, it to me, despite how Trent Williams, how incredible Trent Williams is, and how important he is, and despite how great Christian McCaffrey is, this was always Purdy to me. I don't know. What did you think? Uh, I agree that it was always Purdy because it's it's not a quarterback uh, award, especially for our awards that we give out. Um, but I just, as you said, a incredible statistic year, and I want to go over that. So. Yards. Brock Purdy was fifth in yards. He threw for 4,280 yards. That is pretty good, being fifth in, in, in passing yards for a team that is really a running team or that is much more of a run game heavy, run scheme team. You look at the guys above him, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Tua, Tagovailoa. Those are all v- not running teams i guess you could argue the dolphins and lions are a little bit more but you look at how many times those quarterbacks are throwing the ball it'll it'll make a lot more sense here average number one tied for number one (laughs) in average (laughs) is mason rudolph uh doesn't count only threw for 719 yards does not qualify for this brock purdy is number one in uh yards averaged and even th- what's funny is third is Nick Mullins, and I would also say not enough to claim any kind of spot here. There should be a, a minimum here. Yeah, and here's another um, stat. Brock Purdy yeah. leading the NFL in pro football focus grade on play-action passes. Just scrolled by that on Twitter. Obviously, most passing yards in 49 ers season history. And, Daniel, I don't know if you have this in front of you, and I, I forgot to pull it up, but I'd be really curious how, and I, I know the answer is, uh, he's fifth in passing yards this season, right? How many attempts did he throw compared to the other guys? Yeah. Got it. Okay, so Sam Howell led the league with 612 passing attempts. That's unreal. Uh, Jared Goff is second. Patrick Mahomes is third. Dak Prescott is fourth. And at fourth, we're with 590. Let me just tell you that Brock Purdy is 20th on this list with 444 pass attempts. That's yeah. That's wild. 20th in pass attempts, right? And fifth in passing yards like yeah. what is going on there that he's is crazy fo- he's fourth unheard of com- kind of stuff in completion percentage and again mason rudolph is and jake browning are tied for number one i think i'll give it to jake browning like allow him to be there it's a smaller sample size for sure but i think he had a, he almost threw for two thousand yards so I'll, I'll allow it dak prescott Kirk cousins and then brock purdy so he's right there in completion percentage um he is third in passing touchdowns. Excuse me. Dak Prescott had 36. Jordan Love had 32. Brock Purdy is there with 31. And then... What? Weird ranking. I hit interceptions and it, it was... The, the rank is kind of weird. I guess it was... Uh, the, the numbering is different, but Brock Purdy is way down there. He threw 11 interceptions, tied with Jordan Love, Matthew Stafford, guys like Mac Jones, Desmond Ritter, Jared Goff threw 12, and, and some of these bigger names threw even more. But what I really want to get to is this quarterback rating. 
He is number one in the NFL in quarterback rating, 72.8. And Dak Prescott is there at 72.6. So right there with him, but he's at the top. Um, Overall rating, Purdy is there first overall, 113. And then Prescott is 105. So Purdy is at the top of a lot of these, at the top or near the top for all of these statistics. And... What's also so fun to remember, I think you already said it, Timmy, is that he is the single-season leading passer in San Francisco 49ers football history. Now, that is that is awesome. In your first full season, you break the record for single-season passing yards. That's awesome. Yeah. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal season from Brock. A phenomenal season from a lot of 49ers, and I... I think as incredible as Brock was, I do want to make sure, Daniel, we, we get through all of the awards here. But I agree. He deserves the most talking about him. He's just, he's been so good. And I'm just, I, I don't know. You've, listeners, you've heard us throughout the season. I've gone from, I don't know that this guy's the guy, to I want Brock Purdy to be the quarterback of the 49ers for the rest of my life. Like, in one season, you know? He's just been that good. And that's how I would sum it up. Like, I went from a doubter to, like, I would do anything for this guy. And there, there are a lot of other people that share that same sentiment, and they were yeah. doubters as well. Um, maybe some, some doubters for too long, and but now, now we're all here. There's nothing left to doubt. Exactly. He, there's nothing here to left stay. to doubt. All but right, Daniel. Next money. up. Oh, he's gonna make money, but he can't. They can't resign him for like two more years. I know. That's what's so unfortunate. But he will make money then, and he will get some endorsements. So he'll be he'll be just fine. I'm not worried about Brock. Uh, is fine. Defensive player of the year, Daniel. Maybe we don't do the nominees. Maybe we talk about runners up. But let's do let's do you first. I think there's a chance we don't have the same guy. My defensive player of the year, and I can explain. I don't even need stats to back it up. My defensive player of the year is by far Fred Warner. Yep, Fred. Fred very, Warner very is, fair. Yeah, he is easily the defensive player of the year in my mind. I think that one. I do think that his stats will back that up. But I do think that his energy. His uh, <clears throat> his ability to make offensive coordinators say, hey, let's stay away from him, is everything he needs to be the 49ers Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought a lot about Warner. I'm going to be honest. I went a different way, but it might just be because I wanted to go a new route. I don't think so, but I, I know myself well enough to say that I may have just wanted to go with something unexpected. But, Daniel, I have Charvarius Ward. I figured uh, you did. Cornerback Charvarius Ward. He had one of the best seasons in recent memory of the 49ers at the corner position. He's been the first true shutdown corner we've had in years. You think about he completely took DK Metcalf out of that one game. And then you so want to look awesome. at statistics. He led the league in pass deflections. He had one forced fumble, five interceptions, and a phenomenal pick six. That was that was really, really fun. But Probably he's already in the Pro Bowl. Many expect him to work his way into the work his way as an All Pro as well. Just a great, great season by Charvarius Ward, and I think it just stood out to me, Daniel, because the 49ers had not had that kind of play from the cornerback position in a few years. My runners up were Fred Warner, of course, and, and Nick Bosa as well. But I went the Charvarius Ward route just because of how awesome it was to see an incredible cornerback there. No, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, I might have him for a different award, but I'll share this statistic now. I I can't I can't I think you said the number. Did you say how many pass deflections he had? I think it was ninety three. Pass deflections? 
Yeah. No. Oh no, maybe no. No, that's you know what? My bad. That's his career statistic. I was gonna say well, that's like, not true no. either. That's not true either. He had twenty three. I was looking at his yards from returning interceptions. Twenty three pass deflections. But do you know what's cool about that number twenty three? I don't know. That's the most in the league. He led the league with twenty three yes. pass deflections in the league, and the next guy had nineteen. So four four number difference there when the, it's only like the highest number is 23. That's a pretty big deal. So he led the league by far in that. And so that did not uh, make him defensive player of the year in my, my award here. Uh, but I will give him a, a different award. So don't you worry. Charvarius. Yeah. Very fair. I, uh, maybe I've got him in contention for another award as well. Who knows? Ah, Who I, I, do, knows? I do think he, he is deserving of this award though. I'm not, I'm not saying that oh. no, he is not at all, and uh, it, it was between him and Fred Warner for me as well. So Yeah, and, and I'll say the same. Fred Warner was obviously incredibly deserving of, of this as well. Yeah, I, I do think I'd, if I had to make three nominees for this award, I, I did not do that originally. I don't even think I would put Nick Bosa in my top three, and that makes me sad. Yeah. No, I, it's it, – it, obviously, Bosa had a great year as well, but it just—he's got a higher standard. You hold him to, you think, and just—that's exactly it. Yeah, it wasn't a yeah. Bosa year, so to speak. Yeah, it, it was not. But let's let's go next. We gotta we gotta race through these because we have some fun ones. We gotta make sure to get to yeah. offensive player of the year. I have it. I I don't I don't know that it's debatable. There's I guess two names you could say, but it, I don't know. It's Daniel. not. I have not Christian me. McCaffrey. Oh, I have CMC. This is awkward. Ooh, I actually wrote CMC, but I read Christian McCaffrey. So my mistake. <laughs> but I also wrote running CMC. back Christian McCaffrey, right, comes into the 49ers last year, has just this phenomenal – I don't know that you can sum it up better than there's been legitimate conversation that he should be the league-wide MVP at the running back position. Uh, yeah. He's just been that good. Uh, he is the best running back in the league. He is maybe the best offensive player on the 49ers. Uh, that's saying a lot. Um just a phenomenal, phenomenal season from Christian McCaffrey. Daniel, what do you want to what do you want to say about our guy CMC? Um, I feel like here's the thing: is I, I don't have to say much because you you all already know. Um, you are all already aware of Christian McCaffrey in the year that he had. He did incredible. Uh, the thing I will say is I saw I believe they were Vegas odds. I don't know what else they would have been from, um, but. It was debating NFL Offensive Player of the Year, and if I sadly believe that Lamar Jackson will win it, will win MVP. While I do think it should be Brock Purdy, um, I part of me thinks it should be Lamar over CMC, but I'm wondering if that's just because the quarterback thing has is trained me throughout the years. But if anything, there is not. I would. I would. I'm trying to think of some drastic example, and I just can't because I'm too frustrated that. Uh, I saw that Chris McCaffrey was not like a shoe-in for Offensive Player of the Year. He is battling out whether it's uh, Tyreek Hill or who was the other guy? Oh, CeeDee Lamb. And I'm thinking absolutely not. No way with um, with Chris McCaffrey's uh, touchdown streak, with how much how effective he was, with how much he made other teams struggle in defending our offense. It's him through and through. And so I will... I will uh, rent out a rage room if Christian McCaffrey does not win Offensive Player of the Year for the NFL. Yeah, he should. He might. He might not. Sometimes a quarterback sneaks into that award, so we'll just we'll see. But that's uh, we'll we'll just have to see what happens there. 
But next up, uh, we got our offensive player of the year. Like I said, I think that was a kind of a simple one for us. Um, but next up, I have rookie of the year. I'll be curious where you went with this one, Daniel. I'm curious if we went the same route. Uh, who do you got? I have who? Do, yeah, I have Jair Brown, rookie safety. I have Jair Brown. And I I would sum it up this way. I think he. Talanoa Hufunga was a huge loss, right? All pro safety. He goes down to a torn ACL. It's pretty terrifying to have a rookie safety then come in and replace him, right? And it yeah. turned out to not be a big deal at all. The defense was fine. He played well. That's huge from a rookie to come in for a great player from injury and have it not be that big of a deal. I, there's a bunch of stats that I think could back it up, but that's how I'd sum it up. Like, he came in and it wasn't that much of a problem. And if... if- if the uh, offense is not targeting him all day long, that shows, okay, he has done his job in re- filling that hole, replacing that guy as best as he can, and that's exactly what he did. I think that his first game, they targeted him right away, as you do, and he made a mistake or two, and, man, did he learn quickly. So, yeah, I think Jair Brown is easily the pick here. Ronnie Bell, maybe he gets some more receptions next year, but he didn't get enough. Yeah, you know, to, hold to on really to a few more punts, Ronnie Bell, and then maybe we can give you an award. Truly. Um, what do we have next? Most improved? I got most improved. Daniel, who you have on uh, on the most improved award? I'm gonna bet. I'm gonna bet you ten dollars right now that we have the same person. I bet we do too. Who do you have? I have Ambry Thomas. Oh, I don't. Although he's one of my contenders. Well, I just lost ten dollars. <laughs> I no, I would have bet. Take, I wouldn't have bet that because I thought we had the same one. I have Ambry Thomas down as one of my contenders as well. Talk to me about Ambry Thomas. I just think, so I would have put Diomdor Lenore here last year. I wish I had these saved. Maybe I'll have to go find our awards episode from last season, but I'm pretty positive we had uh, Diomdor Lenore down because at the end of the season, he started to take over as the the number two cornerback, and that's exactly where he started this year was the number two cornerback. But then when we needed a little more help uh, because Isaiah Oliver wasn't quite it in the slot or uh, certainly wasn't it on the outside, Amber Thomas came in. And Amber Thomas, I think, has improved massively compared to where he was. Um, if he could knock down some of his penalties, I would be super stoked with that. But I do think we've seen big strides from Amber Thomas, and I don't. I do think that there are players that improved this year that are probably or definitely better than Amber Thomas. But in terms of like percentage growth, I think that Amber Thomas had the most growth, so to speak. Now yeah, I'm so I, curious who your guy is. No, I, I think that's a really good way you put it. My, so my contenders were Ambry Thomas. I actually had Brandon Ayuk down as well, but I went a different direction. Brandon Ayuk had this phenomenal year this year, right? This was his best year. People were talking yep. about him as a potential all-pro, but I, I think it was just such a – it it was, it was a, a leap, but it had kind of come on gradually over the past few seasons, so it just didn't feel right. I actually went with Charvarius Ward again. I think you just look at how Ward was last year and there was a little like, why'd we sign this guy? Like he was our big free agency signing kind of talk. And then yeah. you look this year, he's a true shutdown corner in the NFL. And, and so I, it was maybe not as much zero to one as, as Ambry Thomas has felt this year, but it, it felt like a really big leap to me. But I had Ambry Thomas down as well and I have no problem you go in that direction. But I, I went Charvarius Ward just because of how phenomenal he was this year and how f- improbable it kind of feels from how he looked last year i like it yeah very very justifiable all right 
Well, listeners, just to fill you in, we only have one more award that we know we each came up with, and then we each came up with, with a few surprises as well. So next up, we have best offseason move. We didn't make too many. No, I'm curious what you went up with. I don't. You may argue mine's not an offseason move, but let's see what you got. I did Javon Hargrave. Yeah, I think that was an easy one, right? Huge signing at defensive tackle comes in and and just does everything you wanted him to wanted him to do. And and he so he kind of flew under the radar in some ways, and that's what defensive tackles not named Aaron Donald normally do. Uh, but if you are to pull up his stats and you look at them, it they they might surprise you. And I think he's a huge addition to this defense. Uh, he is. I don't just think that. I know he is. Um, and so I can't wait to see what he's going to do in the playoffs. I do really feel like he's going to have some big moments here. Yeah, I I agree. I think Javon Hargrave will be a huge asset to this team going forward. And uh, who do you got down? And so I have. I'm going to take you back to last summer, Daniel. Last summer, you and I were talking, and you know what we were talking about? We were talking about who is going to be the 49ers quarterback this offseason. And I was kind of saying, I know they're they're saying it's Purdy, but I think they might just be saying that to motivate Trey Lance, and they really want Trey Lance to come in and win this job. And that turned out to not to be the case. So I actually have naming Brock Purdy the starting quarterback as the 49ers' best move of the offseason. <laughs> hey, uh... I absolutely like allow that. Agree with that being here. I wish I kind of got creative enough with that because uh, I would agree. I would agree. I think that. Uh, I mean, I have the award written down as best offseason move. That is a move. Yeah. So I'm I'm with that. Yeah. All right. You want to jump into our our surprise awards? Yeah, let me start off with my first one, most undervalued, and that is where Charverius Ward comes in. I think that, ah, uh, I love that. he didn't love fit that. any of these other awards for me. Uh, he was just he was runner-up on, on at least two of them, and so I've made him an award, most undervalued, where he really could be an MVP uh, in some aspects, but we have so many other top-tier guys that I need to give him his love, and I already went over the 23 pass deflections, most in the NFL, so... That that is another award. Traverius Ward is going home with full arms carrying awards. Yep, what is I your I love first, that yeah, Traverius prize. Ward taking home three of our. We should name our awards next year. The okay, we'll we'll come up with that next year. So I have I have a few. My like real surprise is I have I'm calling this the wow he was just as good as everyone said award, and I'm giving <laughs> that to Kyle Shanahan. Everyone yeah. talks about how Kyle Shanahan is just this offensive genius. And there were times we've been like, is he? I don't know. People say that. Is he that good of a coach? And it's like this year, it's like, oh, wow. Like, he is that guy. Like, maybe that's what I should have called the award, the he is that guy award. But it's just like Kyle Shanahan is everything we were told he was. And I'm just so glad he's the 49ers head coach. We never have to worry about who's going to be calling plays. We never have to wonder if the offense is going to be schematically good. It just always is because we have Brock Purdy. No, not Brock Purdy. Because we have Brock Purdy, but also because we have Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. All right. I got two more, Daniel. Oh, sorry. Do you have more? Me as well. All right. Uh, You want to do one of yours? Yeah, we'll flip-flop. I got best personality of the year. And I think this award will always go to George Kittle. But I also wanted to tell you that it is not going to Nick Bosa uh, because they are very different in personalities here. They really Uh, are. 
Well, they really are. They're best of buddies. But George Kittle, uh, watching him mic'd up, whether it's commercials or little clips, is one of my favorite things of the year. So thank you for providing me joy and entertainment, George Kittle. The Little Caesars one is great. Yeah, all of them. All right. Listen up for this one, Daniel. I, I wrote it down. I wrote this down. And I'm going to ask. I wonder if you can guess who this award is going to go to. All right. This is called the who's got it better than us 49er for life we're so proud of you if you say you didn't cheat you didn't cheat despite evidence now please don't come replace pete carroll as the head coach of the seahawks or we'd have to disown you award (laughs) wow and and that goes to jim harbaugh for winning the college football playoff national championship (laughs) at the university of michigan i wasn't sure where you were going with that that's awesome (laughs) Yeah, I'll just read it one more time. The who's got it better than us, 49er for life. We're so proud of you. If you say you didn't cheat, you didn't cheat despite evidence. Now, please don't come replace Pete Carroll as the coach of the Seahawks, or we'd have to disown you award. And that goes to Jim Harbaugh. We're really happy for you, Jim. Could you imagine if he replaces Pete Carroll? I would cry. Like I don't think that's an exaggeration. I might cry if he did that. That'd be really hard to take in. Uh, My last one, the the name of the – Excuse me, the name of the award gives it away, but it is called Colton Creds. And I remember talking this offseason about Colton McKivitz. And that is who this award goes to. Is the Colton Creds goes to Colton. And that well, that's a name of a new award now. We'll give it to a new offensive lineman every year. Uh, but Colton McKivitz, I think, did, at the very least, an adequate enough job at right tackle this year. Because we talked a lot in the offseason about how we don't really like that he's the starting right tackle. And how many times throughout the year do you think we talked about Colt McKivitz? Yeah. I believe not at all. One or, like one or Which two. Which is like, it, if anything. Unless it's Trent Williams, that's the best compliment you can give an offensive lineman is to not talk yeah, about him. Yeah, so it's truly. So I think that's that's pretty cool that he, he came in here and we can't think of too many reasons of why he shouldn't be the right tackle next year other than if yeah. we got just somebody who's better. So I just wanted to recognize him and say one of my biggest offseason worries coming into the season – Really wasn't much of an issue. So, and Brock Purdy was not sacked nearly as many times as Sam Howell. So, that feels good. All right, What's I got the one last more award. Wrap it up. Ready? This is it, this is called the the circle of trust. I'm scared to say it out loud, but I'm getting flashbacks, and I'm worried he's going to go on another incredibly improbable run and beat us in the Super Bowl again. Award, and that goes were- to Joe Flacco of the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> You were very creative with these awards. I am loving this. <laughs> Not going to lie. Both of these were shower thoughts. That's amazing. But I am a little worried. I don't know. Joe Flacco is just seeming – like, just like he did the year he beat us in the Super Bowl. He's suddenly become good out of nowhere with a good defense, and that scares me a little. Yeah, I'm just going to be honest. So. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a sigh of relief if and when the Browns lose in the playoffs before going to the Super Bowl. That's going to that's gonna be a relief for me. They will. There's no way. Yeah, no, I agree, but it's a little scary. All right, listeners, we've got to wrap up here, but we appreciate you tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this retrospective on a really, really fun 49ers season that isn't over because the playoffs are coming up. So enjoy Super Wild Card Weekend this weekend, and, and we'll be back next week previewing the 49ers' first playoff matchup. Daniel, any, any parting words? What an incredible season, and let's have an amazing playoff ride. Yeah, stay safe out there, everybody. 